Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the MFG cast. We're going to take a little pause from our noir game to do a little something fun. Uh, Mr. John Haramza, who I'll be playing this two-player collaborative storytelling game with tonight, found this for us. And he's like, you want to play it? I said, yeah, I like playing games. Let's do this thing. What accent that was, I don't know, but maybe I'll do that some more. We're going to be playing a game called The Devil's Deal. And it was, like I said before, a two-player collaborative storytelling game by Will Myers. Thank you, John Haremza, for coming on the show to play this game with me. Yeah, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure to be on the MFG cast. Oh, that's so business. I love it. (laughs) All right. So uh, this is the description of how to play. Or, well, actually, this is the description of the game first. You find yourself at a small crossroads alone. In the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the night. Maybe you're on a road trip and got lost. Maybe you're hitchhiking the back roads of the country. Maybe you're from an insignificant town nearby. Regardless of where you started, you're here. There are no markers or signs telling you what is where and how far to civilization. You've heard the legends. The devil waits at the crossroads to make deals for, well, anything. Fame, power, money, whatever. That's what you want. You want to make a deal with the devil in exchange for what? It had better be worth it because the devil always wins. So ominous, this game. Jeez, I tell you. A little bit. (laughs) Bum, bum, bum. Okay, so how to play this game. It's a, like you said before, two-player game. One player is going to be the bargainer to get their boon and the other is the devil to grant that deed. And for what they say it is, you need a couple of pencils, a pieces of paper, and then you might want a polyhedral die to uh, roll for like the number of years that you're playing this in. Uh, But we just kind of picked our amount of years that we're going to be playing. We're going to be playing through five years. 
So the first thing what we're supposed to be doing in this actually is just determining a setting. So what did we decide to do as far as the setting? We have picked 1930s uh, Chicago area. So kind of in the wheelhouse of what we've been kind of playing lately with our noir game, kind of like within the region of the of the 1920s and 1940s kind of thing. Or Coming out of the Great Depression, um, you have all the mobsters, gangsters, all that stuff in uh, Chicago, specifically in our area that we're in, but all all across the country with the <laughs> prohibition coming to an end, I think, in 33. Yeah, I think a lot of stuff is happening around that time. I'm pretty sure it's 33. You're a better man than I. I don't know history as well, unfortunately. Uh, oh, December fifth, nineteen thirty-three. So it is thirty-three, but it's uh, it, it's still happening right now. <laughs> <laughs> People are still tr- still hiding that booze. Okay, so we know the time frame as far as, and we know the city, Chicago, and then we're going to be going into character creation. So as far as the bargainer, John will be playing that person. So uh, what? Uh, did you decide to pick as far as your character and their traits? He's a, a, a pretty nondescript fella. He's uh, in his mid thirties, average height, average build, uh, short brown hair. You know, just sort of plain. You know, you pass him on the street, wouldn't necessarily recognize him or notice him for any particular reason. His name is Thomas Joseph Little. Uh, he. Worked as a painter before, like not not like a house painter, but like art, you know, like an act, like painter, 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 and you know, made a little bit of money at it. And then, you know, depression hit and things are horrible, and uh, you know, it's you're doing whatever you can to scrape together to make up some cash. Uh, but he still was is has been painting uh, through. He wasn't as worse off as. Some people, but again, it's a lot of taking odd jobs and, you know, doing that kind of stuff to, to make ends meet. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and as far as uh, I will be playing the devil that makes the deal, as far as describing my character, I think I'm going to wait until we do the bargaining part of that or when I actually show when my character actually shows up, because I feel like that would be a good descriptor to do then than to just kind of do it now before we play. So now... <laughs> now that I'm looking at this, <laughs> it says that we want to create the devil's deal. So usually in role-playing games, you kind of with like, especially this one in particular, if you're looking at things, you would cut, we'd kind of go through each one of these and like, Oh, this is what we picked here. And this is what we picked here. Um, I feel like just kind of behind the scenes, me and John kind of worked out some things kind of before we recorded, just so we had some things in mind before we played this game. And I don't know if going through every single thing on this and then detailing it at this point would be a good idea. I think we should probably, I'll probably just go over kind of what we're going to do and then kind of get into it. Because I feel like if we try to go, you know, piece by piece, then I feel like the story will be a little too choppy, I think. Don't you agree? Yeah, I I think so. So the game itself is pretty open-ended, you know, pick a setting, any setting, you know, create a character, you know, the devil shows up however he does or however she does. And it, it does make sense to, to to block it out a little bit to, you know, just kind of go over it with your other player to say, all right, well, you know, where's your head at? This is where I'm thinking. I think this is the kind of deal. What do you think? Um, do you have anything, 
you know, just kick it back and forth a little bit. It's kind of just sort of plotted out real loose. So we, we have already created a devil's deal. We'll see how that works out in, in practice and play as we get to it. Um, it is the next step after character creation, but really as you're telling the story, it makes sense for that to come out as you're going through the story then. Yeah, for right, sure. As opposed to describing what the deal is and then going ahead and then going through the deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So the one thing that I'll say then is that we'll, what we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to play this next part as your character comes into a crossroads. He makes a deal with the devil. And then the five years after that, something good is going to happen each year, which John will explain. And then after those boons each year, I will describe something that went wrong that year or that is going to go wrong or whatever. So it's it's one of those kind of push and pull kind of games where it's like, ah, you're getting all these good things, but you, you have to remember that the devil's right behind you waiting to take you. Yeah, actually, I think I will have John, I think I will have you kind of set the scene as far as your crossroads moment. All right. So, uh, Thomas is coming back from, uh, you know, trying to show, show some paintings. It's still, things are tough. You know, he, he didn't sell anything that day. Uh, it's, it's, uh, you, you know, he tries to keep himself out there as much as possible, you know, for as much, you know, it's like a hobby. It's like podcasting or <laughs> <laughs> creating board games. So he's, he's coming home, you know, he's just, you know, beating down this dusty road and his little, you know, model T, uh, like I said, he's not as bad off as, as some people he's, you know, he's getting by and, uh, you know, he had loaded up everything back into the car. He's coming back. He's dusty. He's tired. It's, it's hot. And, uh, as he's, as he's coming up to this, you know, nondescript dirt road intersection, the clouds of dust sort of billowing up behind him, he, you know, pulls out a red handkerchief and he's sort of blotting his head, trying to, you know, just saw us, uh, soak up some of the sweat and all of a sudden the, the engine kicks out. It's like, and the car just sort of drifts to a stop. And he's like, ah, son of a God. And he starts hanging on the, on the uh, steering wheel. And uh, he, he, I guess a bottle T is put it in the drive. I don't know where he's, you know, puts it in the park and, uh, you know, gets out, slams the door, you know, his hands on his hips and he's looking at the car, he just shakes his head and he, you know, kicks the tire and he walks around. There's a little bit of steam coming out from underneath the hood. And uh, he, just, he shakes his head in frustration and, and just starts to just starts to wander like he's just kind of walking. Am I am going to walk home. I got to calm down. Like, I don't, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to fix this thing. And uh, yeah, he just starts to walk. And, and oh god i was gonna say uh do, do we need to like have uh have him implore the uh the great beyond at this point before you uh show up right sort of like his yeah um, yeah i feel like it's funny because it, fe- it feels like in this game it's like it's like you you need to it needs to be a thing where you get in your mind like i need this help yeah 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 so he's you know just like kicking rocks and you know kind of walking um, you know, walks through the crossroads, you know, walks through the intersection. There's like a a wooden sign. It's kind of like half tilted, you know, like one of the screws is loose. So it's kind of like pointing down at the ground and uh, 
it's just like, man, this, man, I just need a break. I, I can't, you know, it's driving back and forth and, I, you know, scraping, trying to get by it, a whole car full, trunk full of paintings. I just, there's gotta be something. I, 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 I got something, something's got to break. Something's got to change, man. I just, I wish I'd just do anything. And at that moment, you hear from behind you a voice that sounds kind of muffled because it's not facing you and it feels like it's it's covered by something. And you hear some, and you hear somebody say, um, I think your luck is about to change. And he stops and, you know, his head snaps up and he looks around and, you know, kind of like tilts his head is. Where 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 are you standing? Are you by my yeah. car? Or are you? Yeah. So actually, he he is um the we'll call him the devil for now. Is from, from behind. He's bent over. He's actually bent over. You're seeing him. He's bent over, looking in your car's at your car's engine. He's actually got a very tailored pinstripe soup. Or what did I say? Pinstripe soup. I did. Pin <laughs> pin striped suit. And even from being bent over, you can say you can see he's got slicked back black hair and he's just you can hear him just kind of messing, messing in there or whatever. And you're like, oh, there it is. Your fuel line. And then he just kind of like shuts the thing or whatever. And he says, you wouldn't want these uh, wonderful paintings of yours to get in the wrong hands. Uh, excuse me, Mister. Do I do I know you? You don't you don't look familiar. Let's just say I'm a fan of the arts. Uh, can I can I interest you in a painting? Uh, I swap. I I can't. I, I don't have any scratch. I I can't. Uh, I can't uh, pay if you to you know for messing with the car. I give you a painting. Sure. You know what? I think that would be great. By the way, my name's Gray. Oh uh, yeah, uh, Thomas. Uh, Tom Thomas Little. Pleased to meet your acquaintance. Likewise. Let's see what you got here. So he, uh, you know, walks back over to the car. He's a little confused, right? Like, is there, they're, they're kind of in the middle of nowhere. Like, <laughs> the hell this guy showed up, but the yeah, car is and, and, and he's working. like, he, he looks like not like clean, like out in the middle of this dirt road. He should not look this good. Right. He's not even sweating, right? Yeah, like, yeah. He's... Yeah, exactly. You can tell he's like he should be uncomfortable. He's not. Yeah, so he, he goes around to the I guess they had a trunk. I don't know, back door, whatever. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, and, and pulls out, you know, like half a dozen, ten paintings. Like he's just like he's pulling them out and kind of like handing them over his shoulder. Mm-hmm. And like he'll look at one, he's like, Oh, you might like this one, and you know, pass that one. Yeah. And he and uh, Greg kind of picks one. And he's like, you know what? I kind of like this one. And the one and, and the one he grabs, you remember painting it, but you don't remember it this way. Like it's it's a lot darker than you're usually you usually paint, and it's almost like you can see your face in it, but it's like a twisted version of you. And then you kind of like shake your head, like, okay, I I'm just whatever. It's just. I make so many things these days that I can't remember every single detail to everything. Yeah. He, he, he you know, when, when Mr. Gray like holds it and he looks at it, and, you know, Cox is hitting, he's like, I don't 
remember bringing bringing that one. No, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, thanks, thanks for your help. I I appreciate it. Uh, I thought I was gonna have to walk all the way back home and or mess around. I I don't even know. I hadn't even gotten that far yet. Yeah, no problem. I mean, when you get famous, <laughs> this will be my centerpiece. Yeah, when and if uh, I haven't had too much luck these days, uh, you know, mostly just wind up taking up odd jobs. I still try to sell them. I mean, I, you know, I still, still paint as much, you know, try to paint as much as I can, but uh, you know, money's tight all the way around. Uh, people just aren't uh, buying art like they used to. Well, you don't say, you know what? I've been looking for somebody like you. I could be your benefactor. Are you an agent? Are you looking to, to, to sign somebody? As luck would have it, I am. Oh no way! That, that's 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 nuts. Yeah, yeah. The only thing I ask you is to put everything of yourself into these paintings. Well, I mean that's that's the only way you can paint, right? I mean every every painting is a little piece of yourself, right? That's right. All the blood, sweat, and tears. There's a lot of tears these days. Oh, you know what? I bet you we could see a little bit more, uh, something more the color green these days. Oh, you, you, you don't say. You, 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 can you get me in a gallery or, or what? I mean, like in a, in a museum or something? I, I don't. I, I think with your talent, I think the sky's the limit. Oh, uh, no, nah, you're just joshing me. Don't believe me? Let's shake on it. We'll see where this takes us. He, like, his eyes flick down. Like, I assume Mr. Gray, like, holds his hand out. Mm-hmm. And, like, his eyes kind of flick down. Like, it's the 30s, right? You got to be polite and everything. So, like, he, like, slowly kind of, like, not, like, super slow and, like, you know, whatever. But, like, you know, kind of looks like, uh, okay. And, you know, shakes his hand. Mm-hmm. Says, yeah, um. You you got a you got a card or something? Uh, you know, we, we set up like a like a business meeting. Sure can. And then he put he like pulls a card out of his pocket and hands it to him, and he says, "I will give you one week to create something special. And if you can make that special, then I can take you to places you can't even imagine." Hey, that that's a deal. So it is. And then he like he kind of cocks his head and like the, the card smells faintly of sulfur. <laughs> and he like, you know, he just like smells it and he looks to see if he like lit up a cigarette or whatever. And eh, you know, kind of like tucks the business card in his front pocket. Yeah. And and as you and as you tuck the card into your pocket, you kind of the card actually feels heavy in that pocket. Like it. It, you know, it doesn't feel like a small piece of paper. It feels like something heavier than that. Right. It shouldn't feel like anything. It's just a piece <laughs> yeah, of exactly. paper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, you, you need a ride back. Well, you sure it's fixed? Give it a whirl. Okay. Okay. And he, like, you know, he's he's like got one foot on the runner boards, like both hands on the hood, you know, kind of like talking to him. He's, you know, he like ducks in and fires it up. I assume it turns right over. Yeah, definitely. I just, this sounds even better than before. Hey, jump in. I'll give you a ride. You need a ride? There ain't nothing out here. 
you know what? I think it's a nice day or nice night for a walk. I think I'll take my chances. And like, he's like looking at the, at the passenger side windows. Like you sure buddy? Cause there's nothing, there's nothing out here. I think I can hold my own. Oh, okay. Uh, I'll see you in a week, I guess. Thanks. We'll talk soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and like you don't even, you know, get that far down the street and you're like, you know, you're kind of like, wow, that's this is amazing. You know, you have all these like all these butterflies, like everything's going my way. And as you look in your rearview mirror, I'm nowhere to be found. I figured, yeah. <laughs> and he like grabs a mirror and like adjusts it around and like starts to stop, like takes his foot off the gas and starts the coast. And then he's like, eh, whatever. The guy said he wanted to walk and then, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've got our crossroads. So I don't think we need to role play like the, oh, you you know, made your first thing and I. I loved it so much or whatever. We'll just say that, that it worked out and that, you know, I took you on as being the benefactor, putting the money behind your stuff. So what's going to be happening in this first year? So, yeah, he, so like, you know, Mr. Gray sets him up with like, you know, new paints and brushes and canvases, right? All that stuff is expensive, right? So he like, he reuses a lot of stuff and, you know, if something doesn't come out quite the way he wants it, like he'll strip it and paint over it and like just that kind of stuff. So he uh, he winds up painting quite a bit, a lot more than he had before. And uh, he winds up applying and being accepted as an art professor at the uh, I don't know. I don't know. Chicago University. I don't, I don't know what the hell's in Chicago. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah at, probably, at one of the colleges. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. And he, like, he, you know, obviously takes to, like, a fish to water. Um, you know, he's got a lot of information. He's, you know, he gets in on staff. Um, you know, he, he's got fairly full classes. I don't know if a lot of people went to college in the 30s. Like, I would assume so, especially if if we're talking about, you know, getting out of the depression where, you know, people are probably looking to get more, you know, get job Looking now forward. because yeah. yeah before it was just kind of like you know you were working for nothing you know and times were hard now it's like people are probably have more better attitudes about how they can live in the world and stuff like that so they're probably getting their degrees yeah you got the the social programs under fdr and stuff like that yeah exactly um, you know probably we'll say in this world you know <laughs> money for for college things like that try to get you know, bring, bring people up and, and whatever. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So he, he gets into a routine. He's, you know, he's painting, he's, you know, he's teaching, he's, you know, showing technique, he's, you know, trying to maneuver within, you know, those halls and, and, you know, trying to, you know, still sell his paintings and, you know, try to, try to get some shows and, you know, all, all the accoutrement that goes along with that. Yeah, yeah, and like the the university like is really like impressed with how you know even though you've you know you're the new you know teacher on campus or whatever you've like attracted a lot of business like a lot of people want to be in your class 
like you can't let like there's like people that have to be on like a waiting list or like you know there are you know some people that even though they don't have your class they want to talk with you after class get your opinions on certain things a lot of people that you know are just really attracted to what you're selling but but yeah (laughs) and it's funny because we talked about all these things before and this is the one where i couldn't figure out (laughs) a bad one but so let me so let me throw it's a 30 well you have the russian revolution 18 17 18 so maybe the like the school buys one of the paintings or something right so like he's selling a little bit you know obviously more than he was before because deal and you know maybe the school buys one but like someone points out or it appears to some people that there's like a socialist theme or something to the painting that the school is now paying all this money for and like you know put up in this place of prominence within the school and somebody's like hey you know what what's this you know workers thing or you know I don't know some some weird you know you look at art and some people see this some people see that right yeah so so maybe it's something of um, the re- rebirth of the, the you know what had been the dust bowl or whatever like that was the intention but they're like oh this this looks like some communist bullshit yeah 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 that, I like that idea and yeah let's just say like like even if like you you have like no intention whatsoever of making that. It, it, you know, there's like, you know, 25% of the students that are just like, I, you know, I can't handle this. I know this is propaganda. I don't want this up at my school. I don't agree with it. And, uh, you know, you're like this, like, that's not what I, you know, that's not what I intended with this at all. And you're trying to explain it. And, and these people just won't have it. Like you said, the, you know, the school is like trying to, you know, or is paying, trying to think if they would some people would bring up you know some of the students would bring up like lawsuits against them or whatever and they're like paying it out and they're not doing anything to you because they but they believe that you know you're so talented that you would never do that too so they believe you right but now the school has this taint on it that you know maybe even you know as you know the the year goes by you know, a lot of students drop off and like, they're not even, they don't, they're not even in your department, but they just, they don't agree with what's going on and they drop off and the attendance is down. Maybe there's like notes in my, you know, like in my office or like slipped under the door that says, you know, like it's like just like red pieces of paper or, you know, it's, you know, it's just common. I don't know. They say that in the 30 you know in 33 but yeah yeah well there's probably now right yeah there's probably yeah there's probably something there you know it's not quite that but it's something to that effect you know maybe every once in a while another teacher has to escort you to your to your room because you're being threatened yeah kids Um, are protesting yelling or whatever yeah 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 and you're just like i i have no intention of doing this you know and you know you you are still trying to figure out like what you've done wrong. You're like, I don't see it. You know, <laughs> what is it? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good first year. Okay. I dig for, it for the devil. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then we move into the second year. So the second year is, you know, I don't want to say much of the same. I feel like that probably dies down some, Yeah, you know, he's, he's 
same thing. He's creating, he's painting, he's selling. Um, because maybe of some of the um, the controversy, partially, or or maybe the the college because they want to sort of like scrub this a little bit, they're able to speak to one of the local newspaper reporters, and then there's like a whole you know lifestyle set, you know feature about Thomas and his art and how we have this local treasure and. You know, he's this, you know, prolific artist and, you know, he teaches at the, you know, he teaches right here in Chicago and, you know, he's one of, he's a hometown boy and, you know, blah, 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 whatever. And, you know, uh, it's that, you know, that, that like is the big thing for the year, right? Like is this big feature, which I don't know. You tell me what happens. I was going to say it was good for the school, but maybe it's not good for the school. Yeah, yeah. No, I say that like, (laughs) Yeah, that 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 kind of it. You know, there's still people that remember that incident, but like the the paper like brings a lot more fans to you because this is a different avenue. Because not everybody cares about the university, what's going on there. You know, so they're reading the paper, they're getting more involved with you know what you're doing. They they love this your style. You you you're probably actually like walking down the street. Now, you know, you go to grab a coffee or something and someone's pulling you over and saying, you know, I, I, I saw your piece in the, I saw your uh, interview in the paper and wow, your, your art is something prolifer. Uh, what is that? Prolifer, prolific, prolific, good Lord. Prolific. Good Lord words. And they're like, yeah, your, your art is so prolific. I just, you know, and you get more jobs that way people are asking you different for different things and you're just like getting all these requests. And then, uh, you know, side note, you, you, you're interviewing, you're getting this interview with this person and they're saying that, that with, uh, this, this interview is getting so much press for them that they're like, now I'm going to be able to move up in the world. So like, they're like, you know, I'm actually, I got a job in New York. So now I'm going to move, I'm going to move there, you know, and uh, I'm going to get this uh, big promotion and I'm really excited about it or whatever. And I could, you know, bring that piece in New York and I could, you know, help you get bit even bigger, you know, that kind of thing. And, um, you know, as your interview is over or whatever, you're kind of talking to each other and you have this uh, conversation and they're like, oh, you know, I'm just, I'm really going to miss, you know, being here in Chicago because I just love the pizza, you know, I just, New York versus Chicago, you know, there's always this, you know, whatever. And you're like, oh, you should try uh, Gino's. You know, Gino's has got the best deep dish or whatever. And, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I'll probably do that. And, uh, like, let's just say, like, a couple of months go by and you find out that that writer was walking across the street to go to Gino's and got hit by, like, a bus or something like that. Mowed down by by gangsters, yeah, yeah. from the cops. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just like one of those weird like accidents that just kind of happened. And usually, when a when a writer dies, it makes you it makes it even more popular. But it's like, even though there's a lot of people that know about you in Chicago now, like that will never make it to New York. And and now this other person's life is ruined because they followed your advice and then yeah, yeah happenstance, yeah. you know. I, th- I think that gets him a little bit more, right? Like he, you know, when he flips open the paper that day to sit down and read it and sees that this guy got hit, 
And then, you know, it shows like a picture of the street and the car and like there's Geno's and he's like, oh, no, 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 no. You know, and it's like, oh, she's, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, maybe, maybe it does give you a, like, a little bit more of a, like, they're almost doing like a, you know, focus on this person because they had recently died. So it gets a little bit more buzz, but then it kind of dies from there because then they're not doing anything else, obviously. And I think when he sits down and like flips the paper open to read it, Again, there's just this, this hint, this whiff of sulfur, right? Like, <laughs> nice. so, like passing, like there and gone in an instant, as if like someone had you know struck a match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like registers kind of like absolutely like he kind of like looks, you know, see if a candle went out or whatever, and like, eh, whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then yeah. reads it, and then it's like, ah, oh. it's just like you know, just bum for like the rest of the day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that's perfect. So I think we can roll into the third year, I think. Third year, the World's Fair is in Chicago. It's a, a century of progress. Uh, you know, we have these, you know, new 1930s art styles coming out of the Depression, um, you know, spurring all this, uh, you know, folksy Americana kind of stuff. And, um, you know, maybe partially because of the, uh, uh, the, you know, the newspaper article and his, you know, position now a couple of years at the, at the university, someone on the board or whatever for the world's fair, um, you know, taps, uh, taps, George, George, God, fuck wrong game. <laughs> <laughs> taps, uh, Thomas, or, you know, reaches out for him to, uh, you know, create this piece for this, you know, uh, American optimism, you know, coming out of the, coming out of the war so it's a you know a scene with you know the sunrise and like you know wheat fields of full bloom and like you know children like in the you know left side like playing and like just uh you know promotes this idea of um you know uh, you know uh, you know new beginnings rebirth uh you know forward looking hope you know it's just, you know this sort of piece um, that gets featured then in one of the halls at at uh, at the um, at the World's Fair. Yeah, and uh, as uh, you know, you're trying to uh, think of what you're gonna do. You you know, you spend several days like making something, and then let, nope, that's not good enough. And you like make another thing, nope, and you're like constantly throwing stuff out, throwing stuff out, and just. It's just not working. And at some point, it's like your hands kind of turn into themselves. And it's like you have this weird deformity in your hands. And even though you still can paint, it's excruciating. And it almost feels like your body is like trying to turn itself inside out as you're painting. And I feel like he's compelled to paint. Like yeah. at that point too, yeah, right? It, like it hurts, but like he has to paint. Yeah, exactly. It's like one of those things like it it doesn't matter if I throw away a thousand paintings or two paintings and doesn't matter how much paint I'm in. This has got to be done because this is my shot. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he just, he suffers through it for, you know, weeks and, and weeks, you know, like they, you know, 
give him enough time to prep and like this is just like his his you know every every minute that he's not in class is spent just working on this painting and this just excruciating agony and it's big right so he's up and down on a ladder and you know he's got to move everything and his you know his hands are all clawed up um yeah all right this is moving fast <laughs> yeah i, like I, I figured once we got into it it wouldn't take super long because you're just no. kind of describing scenes of stuff that's happening yeah and you don't want to go too far into it either otherwise it just kind of mucks up something that's already working pretty smooth so and and we could like i mean we could do this for like six or seven hours right i mean we we could just (laughs) yes exactly we could we could make him very famous and very very uh tortured for a long time for sure but i i think this is working well yeah i mean even just to rp it right i mean we we could get way lost in the weeds if we you know, decided we were going to like role play all of the scenes, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. All right, so let's let's get into the fourth year. All right, so in the fourth year, so he's been just painting like a mofo. I mean, he is renewed, invigorated. He still has this thing going on with his hands. It's hard for him to paint now, but he's just has this compulsion, this this need to experience express this this what he's feeling inside like it's not even he can't even explain it like he just has to paint so he's just been painting and painting for you know going on you know four years now like he doesn't have time for a lot of other things but it turns out that uh, you know at the world's fair there was a woman there who was you know just completely taken by you know the the piece that he'd put up and um you know apparently she you know, sort of looking into the art and, you know, reached out to contact him. They sort of, you know, she, she maybe she came to the college or something like she knew I was going to be there. And, um, you know, we sort of, you know, struck up this relationship and, you know, things went, you know, moving really quick. And, uh, you know, before the year is over, uh, you know, we're getting hitched. We're getting married. You know, she's always just in the studio. She's always talking about the paintings uh, you know, she's in, in love with the style, it, you know, it's just completely into, you know, what's what Thomas is doing. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, th- and, and, and that's that's where. That's where the devil comes in, because when Thomas isn't painting, she can't stand him. She like she's just like, why are you painting? Yeah, exactly. She's like, you're a deadbeat. What you know, you should be doing this. Like, you know, you won't get you're not going to get anywhere in this life if you don't just keep creating. You have to as an artist, you need to create and keep creating because once you stop, you're invisible. You know, and like and she it 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 sounds like when she's saying it, it's like a general you're invisible, but you know that she means you're invisible to her. Right. And it's almost like a backhanded thing too. She's like, Oh, you're so good. And you have all this talent and, but you're squandering it, you know, but you're, you know, whatever. So it's like, you're really great, but you're a piece of shit too. Right. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's like, it's like that. uh, It's like that uh, unbearable parent where it's like, Oh, you're so good. But like, you need to be doing this a hundred percent of the time. Otherwise I don't love you. And, and there's just like a huge portrait that he painted, like for the wedding. It's like the two of them, you know, 
dress, like facing each other at the wedding. And, you know, it's like in the living room. So it's like there all the time. And, you know, I mean, obviously she's there, but like, it's a reminder of like, you know, for him almost subconsciously, like, you know, maybe this is kind of where things went wrong, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but like, he's still painting. Like he's, he's, you know, he's getting successful and, you know, he's, he's had these huge opportunities and he's not thinking about the dude that, you know, fixed his car four years ago, right? Like this, you know, he said he was going to help. And like, initially he, helped him out a little bit, set up some stuff, but like he never really hears from him. Like, you know, it's not like he's actually doing what he said, quote unquote, he was going to do, which was like, you know, be his agent, like get him stuff. And maybe some of this stuff has come out from that, but like he hasn't called to claim any credit. Mm -hmm. So as the years have gone by, he's just kind of forgotten about Mr. Gray a little bit. Yeah. And I want to add a little something that you you've kind of hit on throughout these years and stuff like that, which I think would be kind of fun for this whole thing. You know, when your wife talks to you, when she's encouraging and like really, you know, like, oh, my God, you're so talented and stuff like that. Like you can smell her perfume and you're just like you're so enamored by, you know, how she is. But then when she's has this vitriol and tells you you're not doing so well, you get that faint hit of sulfur. Mm. And it yeah, just, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it's like repugnant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I dig that. I like it. Cool. All right. And then we'll move into the final year, year five. Final year of marriages, what the marriage is. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, he's, he's painting, he's selling, you know, all these things just continues. Uh, you know, he's selling more and more. Um, and, and, you know, now, you know, finally gets this big break. He's going to have a gallery show down at the, uh, what is it? There's a museum of art down there, like down by the, the lakeside, riverside down there, whatever, mm-hmm. you know? So like the, the doors open, it's like a mingle night. And like, this just huge, like no one gets a show at the art museum. Like it's unheard of, you know, the whole place is lit up. There's champagne and cocktails and, you know, even with the specter of war in Europe and all this kind of stuff, like the mood is high and everybody's excited. And, you know, he's mingling with all of these, you know, influential, powerful people like, you know, the, 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 you know, I don't know the city council, like, you know, whatever the, like the government power structure people, right. The, you know, the, the, um, the, the person who runs the museum and like, you know, all of these, you know, wealthy donors, all this stuff. And it's just a huge, huge event, you know, for him in, in, you know, like such a short period of time. And like, you know, he's almost kind of like taking it for granted because it's just been laying one thing after another, after another. Um, and, you know, just with the constant, the work and like, he's, he's got, um, I was going to say he's got a cane, but I guess not right. Cause it's his hands. Um, you you can see that like he's uncomfortable, mm-hmm. uh, you know, while he's there, like, you know, he goes to grab a glass of champagne and it like tips over and, you know, he's, uh, you know, constantly kind of like if no one's around, he's like rubbing at his hands and like, you know, rubbing his knuckles and things like that. Cause it just they ache all the time, but man, I got to paint and like, it's so worth it when you see like, this is the result of all of that effort and all that pain and all that discomfort. <laughs> Yeah. And like, 
you know, he's kind of showing, you know, some higher ups and stuff like that, some different things. And then, you know, he kind of absentmindedly walks away from some people. And then as he's kind of walking away and he's kind of describing some stuff, he doesn't realize nobody is listening to him and he's kind of walking or whatever. And then uh, he hears a voice and he hears a voice say, um, you've done quite well for yourself. And he stops and, you know, he starts to turn like ah, that voice sounds familiar. And then he turns around and looks to see. Yeah. And Gray is like leaning against one of the walls and is smoking a cigarette and just kind of letting it kind of go off as he's kind of admiring what's going on at the uh, gallery. And it's kind of like that scene in the movie where like you see all the people moving around and you hear the laughter and you hear the glasses clink and everything sort of fades out. So you're kind of like tunneled into this very narrow scene with just two people kind of like off on their own, kind of in the shadow. Like it's not where the exhibit is. It's kind of like off to the side, you know? So there's like a couple of like, you know, huge columns that lead deeper into the museum and that kind of thing. Yeah, and they're yeah, just it, sort it, of it, standing there together. Yeah, and even though it should be obvious that you two are there, like nobody's paying attention to you two except for you two for each other. And um, and Gray kind of says, um, you've come quite a ways. So many great pieces. So much time and energy put into everything you've done. And I think he was probably like rubbing his hands, like as you know, when he turned around and he, you know, kind of like, you know, like he stopped, like stops doing it and kind of puts his hands down. He goes, Oh, uh, uh, Mr. Gray, uh, I haven't seen you in a long time. I mean, things have been, things, things have been great. I been doing so much work. I, I mean, this, this is, this is what I was working my whole life for. Yes. As I can tell. You've quite, you've put, no, nope, uh, your soul come, into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't want to say that quite yet, though. Uh, you've put so much into your work, and you know, it reminds me of a piece that I saw once that really spoke to me. Come, and he holds out his hand for you to put your hand in his. I think he looks at him weirdly for a minute, right? Like, I don't, I don't know if he would actually take his hand, right? Like, does he feel compelled to take his hand? I feel yes. like he would maybe feel compelled, right? Yeah, he definitely feels compelled to take it. So I, I feel like he puts his hand out and, and Thomas, you know, sort of looks at him quizzically like, what hell do you mean? And then like, there's that, again, that faint whiff of sulfur. And then he just feels this compulsion right like and he's only kind of vaguely aware of it like you know what you know like when you're having a dream like when you're watching yourself do a thing like you know you're doing it but you don't really realize that you're doing that sort of thing it's it's that yeah yeah exactly so like he, he steps forward and he just kind of like reaches out his hand and yeah I don't know what happens <laughs> nice. um and he you know like you said there's like these columns and all of a sudden it's like no one else is there and gray leads Thomas down this hall and it's like dark, but not too dark. It's, it's like, it's like going down a dark hallway, but there's still some light behind it. And you go to the end of this hall and what you see at the end of this hall hanging on a plain white wall is the painting that 
Thomas gave Gray at the beginning as the payment for fixing the car. And Gray goes, I am quite fond of this one myself. And he, you know, he stops and looks, you know, kind of confused, right? Because he's walking. I'm not really thinking about it. And it's stark, right? Like it's pure white. Not a spotlight, right? But like light focused on it with maybe like the red, like drapery around it, but like blood red, like Mm -hmm bright bright red just a really stark image and then the shadows that sort of surround this whole thing again like the whole world is just this 20 feet right like there is nothing else Mm -hmm. and and how much worse does it look than the first time like is he just like i feel like when he looks up at the painting like he almost doesn't recognize it at first it's so jarring because it's so stark but it's like the piece that he painted that was altered, but now like a hundred times. So, right. Like mm-hmm. picture a Dorian gray style. Like it's just this slashes of like black and red and like torment and anguish and like just almost not even recognizable till he really stares at it and he starts to see like the threads of the original painting hidden almost, you yeah, know, yeah. within it. Yeah. He's, what, 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 what is, what is, what is this? I, I, it kind of looks like something that I painted a long time ago, but I, this, this can't be right. This is, this can't be one of mine. Oh, but it is. It's something that you put yourself into. It is you. It's, it's your being. It's your essence. You put yourself into this art, and it reflects in the soul that you put into it. And he just kind of like absolutely walks forward to the wall and kind of like, you know, puts his hand like flat out on the painting and kind of like pulls his hand down the, the front of the painting. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as you as you do that, you're your hand kind of gets stuck in a certain spot and your body kind of turns to like avoid what's coming and it pulls you in closer. And as you twist, it pulls you in closer and closer and closer until the original painting that you painted in this beginning that you gave to gray is you. I was going to say when his hand gets stuck, he's like, Hey, wait what and then like it pulls him and he turns he's like no no and he just like you just hear screaming and then it cuts back to the party and it's like (laughs) you know all this you know posh you know not necessarily fake laughter but you know the cocktail party you know chatter and drinks and you know there's strings playing in the background and you don't hear any of that it's in the same thing it's like just down the hall it doesn't exist in this space anymore when they pass through the columns the columns are like a liminal space that leads to this other you know it's almost like they're already in a part of hell already Mm -hmm. where they are in a part of hell already and as he's getting you know sucked in further and further he's just screaming no no yeah and as as it pulls out like i'll add to that whole thing as it pulls out to the crowd like 
you know, just having a good time and celebrating not only you, but the success that everyone's had. And like, it might like even the people that are there don't even care about what's going on with you. But as the, as the um, camera peels back, every single art piece that is in this building has you in it. It's like, you know, a part of your face, a part of your arm, that kind of thing. Like every single piece, even though these people are having a good time and enjoying your art, don't realize that you're in every bit of these things. And then even like, there's like kind of like a music in the background where it should be kind of this beautiful orchestral like soiree kind of thing. It's almost like a twisted, like, like discordant. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like something from like a twisted, like carnival or something like that. And, uh, yeah, and that's how you get taken, taken. That's how you get taken <laughs> to hell. And I imagine like when the screaming stops and I'm just like in the painting, you know, Mr. Gray kind of like he walks closer, like lights a cigarette, blows the smoke, you know, like at my face in the painting, um, you know, before either. And then he like turns around and starts walking back and then the music starts to swell. And again, it's still this like discordant, awful sounding music. And he like walks out the front door. No one sees him. No one notices. No one notices the paintings and just, well, I mean, I guess no one would know that, but you know, the, 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 the odor of sulfur trails him out the door. And then like, a week later, a month later, whatever it is, like there's a headline in the newspaper as, as denouement that, you know, uh, famous painter Thomas Joseph Little has disappeared, you know, right at the height of his popularity. No one knows what's happened. Um, you know, he's just gone missing. No one can figure out why. Uh, speculation about, you know, something with the wife or like, you know, mob debts or whatever. you know, it's the paper. And like, it could be any of these hundred things that we're just going to throw in the paper to make it enticing for you to buy it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and even in your death or whatever, you like your paintings are still like being sold to the highest bidder. So te- technically the deal has still been, you know, set. Yeah. E- even more so now I'm, I'm, I can't be more famous cause I'm dead <laughs> and like, it's a mystery and like everybody wants a piece of that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's how you play the devil's deal, a two player collaborative storytelling game by Will Myers. Nailed it. <laughs> yeah. Got it in three. No. <laughs> that was good. It was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we had to do some prep and I, I think it was actually, we had kind of talked about it because you're more about doing prep before something. And I'm really good about flying by the seat of my pants, but like, I feel that that preparation made this a lot more smooth, I think. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I I think, you know, behind the curtain, I think we were on for like an hour beforehand and I was, (laughs) man, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know who this guy is. I don't, what time, what space, fuck. I don't know. Um, you know, what kind of deal she said, what kind of deal? I don't know to be famous. What the hell? Yeah. So, so there is, you know, obviously if you're playing at home, who cares? Right. Like, you know, obviously we were recording, so we want it to be, 
you know, somewhat streamlined and smooth, you know, for, for people to listen to. You don't want to hear me humming and hawing for an hour and a half about, I don't know. I don't know what kind of person I want to play, (laughs) but if you're dicking around at home, like it's cool. Cause you can, you know, you can kick all that stuff around. And obviously some people, you know, like Kurt are, are, you know, much more um, on the improv side of things. That's why I don't GM games. Cause I <laughs> suck at it and have no, like, if you're not going to do this thing, I really don't know what's happening then. <laughs> um, and, you know, to like, just even like this, um, you know, for me personally, right. Coming into a game with an, uh, an idea of a character, a character concept is important for me. And this is pretty open-ended. It could be any time, any space, any, person you know the devil could be anything whatever so so if you're put off by that it's a little bit of work to get through to like get it set up and i think um blocking some of that stuff out definitely makes then the gameplay easier Mm -hmm. um you know we did five because we felt like going more than that might sort of bog down um but i but we probably could have done more yeah, because um, it went pretty smooth since we blocked it out, mm-hmm. and the, the 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 segments weren't very long. I mean, no. I don't know what time we started recording. I don't think it's more than an hour, right? No, I think we probably played for about an hour. Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, it, it's a good little filler. If you know, game gets canceled. I mean, it it's an interesting concept, right? Of of you know, meeting the devil or or whatever at the crossroads and making yeah. some sort of a deal. Like it's an interesting, it's an interesting space to be in, to, to play with. Like I, sure. I like it. Yeah. Like, Cause you, you can make it as dark or as light as you want to, you know, cause originally when I first thought of this, I was like, if anyone seen the um, TV show, Lucifer, Lucifer is like more like it can be dark in spots, but a lot of it's pretty lighthearted for the most part. And I was like, well, maybe we can make it, you know, this thing where it's just like, oh, I'm, I'm the devil. And, you know, you're going to have this, but, and, and then, but it won't be, it, you'll, you know, you're going to hell, but it won't be as bad. But then it was just like, well, nope, it's going to take this turn. And it's just, and I think it ended up being better because of it. Cause just like, I had the, I had the idea of you going right into the art right away. And I'm like, this is going to be great. I can't wait. <laughs> so, and we, and we almost changed it because it was a, it was a little tough to come up with stuff for like an artist, right? Because if if every single one is art related, right, it feels kind of, eh. And it's infinitely easier to go with the trope of music, Robert Johnson, Devil to Crossroads, whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. And we, it's, you know, tossed out the idea of changing it for just a minute, but but we were both kind of invested because it was something different. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, different, like it's all part of the same thing but yeah but but not a musician right not like yeah. i want to just be rich or i want to just be this yeah um yeah i don't know it felt a little different yeah um, yeah definitely i thought i thought it played well and like even even when we like again beforehand was trying to figure out what happened year for year for year like we could have done the whole art thing where it's like art gallery and art this and art that but like it's nice to put some like personal stuff in there too because then you get more invested in who the character is so when these other things happen then you know it's not just affecting their art it's affecting other things as well yeah and that then that's the cool thing because you know the devil's supposed to subvert every scene essentially (laughs) yeah 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 exactly like oh you got it good nope not so much you know 
Yeah, I, I, I thought. Yeah, I thought it went really well. I, yeah, I, I felt like you know we, we did it. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. I enjoyed it. So, yeah. So, um, grab this game wherever this game is sold. I'll actually put it in the show notes, so you will be able to find it. Thank you to Will Myers for making this awesome game. It was fun to try it out. <laughs> Thank you, John, from the Legends of Tabletop for coming on. Always a blaster. Yeah, of course. Uh, anytime you want to do something, I'm always, uh, I'm always down to role play and hang out, play games, do whatever. That's right. So make sure you take, make sure you check out the Legends of Tabletop podcast. Lots of great stuff there. We've, we've told you so many times to go check it out. And this time we will tell you the same. Uh, and until next time, I'm Kurt, and this was the MFG Cast. Thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs>